Hello? Alexandra? Hey! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hi there! Welcome back to another episode of Life Against the Current, a show designed by people's stories and truths that go against traditions, societal norms, opinions of family and friends, or even a boss's suggestion. Basically, anything against the grain. I'm Elaine Vargas, founder and creator of Life Against the Current. Joining me today is Barbara Estrada, and she'll be sharing her life against the current story, which goes from waiting a year to get her first job out of college, to then quitting and working in a male-dominated industry, and finally to returning back to her true passion and landing her dream job. Barbara, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Elaine. Of course. So tell us, what is your life against the current story? Well, where to begin? I mean, my current story is essentially like you've introduced me as the dream job. I think um, this will probably be um, maybe the highest in my industry that I'll ever get. Again, granted, I always aim higher. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the more that I'm in my industry, the more that I get all these like kind of, I don't know, I don't know, revelations, whether, oh, am I, I am, am I in the right industry? Is there more to me than just this job? You know, those kinds of existential questions that you Right, or the what's next. Yeah, what's next? Or or also, like, is this the path for me? Those are also other questions that I always ask myself because of, you know, passions in the past that I've left behind or projects that I never really developed. Right. And um, it always has me wondering, like, hmm, should I get back to that? Should should that be my full-time um, and I always wonder if like your full time is ever going to be, you know, the thing that you wake up every single day and not get tired of. Because, you know, when I was 18, I remember preaching the Bible to people about, you know, <laughs> choose what, what you are passionate about and everything will come into fruition and, um, and, you know, you won't get tired of what you do. But, you know, I, you know, I went to school for journalism and, um, I definitely wasn't a career or a, a degree that my father was a fan of he thought it was just <laughs> pointless as every hispanic parent did he want you to be the doctor the lawyer yeah 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 like every hispanic parent yep. I mean, my mom was very supportive in whatever it is that i did but my father was more so kind of having these expectations of oh but when you were younger you should say that you wanted this and that and for me in reality i mean i only said those things because i didn't know any I didn't know myself at the time. And I also just went along with the narrative that my parents fed me. Then I got to, um, you know, that transitional period in in everyone's life where they're 18, they have to make these big life choices. Like, okay, where am I going to school? What am I going to study? You know, if that is the path for, for you. And, um, I reached the point where I was like, you know what? I, I, I made a pros and cons list. I remember that perfectly. I asked myself several questions like, what am I good at? What do I like? What don't I like? And what am I not good at? Um, and I was honest with myself, you know, I love science, but I know that I have no business doing anything in the, in science world. Um, so that was out of the picture. And then I came to the conclusion of journalism. I love to tell stories. Um, it's been innate in me since I was very young from my works of writing to, 
just being in the theater. I mean, I went to a performing arts high school and I was fortunate enough to be able to study musical theater, sing, act, dance. It was always well, you were in high school? I was passionate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was very passionate about it. And I actually wanted to someday, this is like a pipe dream. Like I'm talking about like dream big or go home, <laughs> um, was to, you know, be on Broadway. But I realistically, that to me was like, hmm, okay, I love that. But I know that, I don't know. I just, I knew that that wasn't in the cards for me. And I'm glad that I chose journalism. Uh, it brought me the fundamentals and the mental stability that I needed because it's an industry that you have to get it right. You know, it's facts over, over time. And it truly, you know, brought me to a, a, a space and a reality that is, you know, Make sure that what you say is factual. People are looking up to you. You hold a sense of accountability and responsibility to not just yourself, but to a bunch of other people that are looking at you as a source of trust. Would you say that in a way, the profession that you chose, journalism, has molded not only your professionalism, but also your personal life? So being all these things accountable and making sure you speak facts, has it been more inscribed in your personality? I mean, it is, you know, I, I, I will say this, this very uh, helpful piece of advice that a friend of mine gave me after I quit my first job at a college was that the, you know, the job doesn't make you, you are not this job. Um, and as much as I don't make journalism my job, but more so my career, mm-hmm. um, it has shaped me. Definitely. I mean, I'm not, I'm a bit more skeptical when it comes to certain things that people tell me, you know, um, unless I trust that person to tell me this X, um, X type of, you know, fact, um, right. because I know that they're trustworthy in that subject, but yeah, it's made me more skeptical, skeptical on certain things. Um, and I, it's given me structure, a bit more structure in my life that I hadn't had before. Um, but at the same time, it's also so overwhelming. I mean, the industry can be so cutthroat and ruthless. It has no mercy. Yeah. And I think especially nowadays where people are really, really looking for that real news content, right? Yeah, yeah. No, people are. Um, but I just, I think it's interesting to see how the industry is going to go moving forward in the next like even just three to five years um, because of how technology is shaping our lives and especially social media, that that's just such a trending topic to see how that's going to also affect journalism because a bunch of, you know, people of our generation, that's where they consume their information and they're not going to websites. They're not going to the television to watch and get their news. It's things like podcasts. It's things like Instagram, things like Twitter Mm -hmm. um, that people are getting their information. So, I mean, you also have to understand from the, uh, the other side, not just from the consumer side, but the creator side, that a bunch of those people who are in those industries for the most part are from, you know, a different generation. It's not from our generation. I can't speak for every single workplace, but most tend to have like an older crowd managing those spaces. Um, and then there are, you know, people like myself who are in the industry also creating a space and you know, delivering the news to young people and just of all ages. But um, my biggest struggle right now and realizing what's wrong with the industry is 
being aware of our generation and what our generation wants and needs. And I don't think necessarily the industry is up to speed or just accommodating or aware of what our needs is, which is like that work-life balance. And, you know, it just comes from that traditional mindset that is work, 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 and little play. Um, and I think that's where, where a bunch of my friends I've noticed have transitioned out of journalism into something else like PR, marketing, um, you know, social media management, you name it, um, as opposed to just staying in the industry. And I can understand why. So it's like right now, the way I see it, this could change. But right now, my life is at a really interesting crossroads where I'm, I'm, ve- I'm very much choosing my own passions over what is expected of me from others mm. in my industry. I think I've already just decided to let that go and go after what I truly love. So, and I love journalism, but it's not the way that I, I, I want it right, right now. No, and it makes total sense. Can you talk to me actually a little bit more about that? Because I think that's really interesting and that's a great point that you're right. You know, I think journalism is one of those industries that are very traditional and someone like you that is young coming into the field to kind of shake things up sometimes it might not be uh appreciated so have you ever encountered things like that i mean yeah of course you're always going to run into people that don't understand your vision or the way that you see things and the funny thing enough is like you know you get inspired by what's out there as well which is already published right and when you try to pitch these ideas um it doesn't always get um, it doesn't always become a reality, right? Um, right. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. Let's not be all negative. But for the <laughs> most part, it doesn't. And that just, to me, I think it's like the most, most, what's the word? The most stifling thing. Because creatively speaking, I can get pretty creatively stifled. And I don't like that. Once I reach that point, it's like I think when my brain decides to take a vacation and I try to find different outlets to combat that because it's not a good place to be as a creative person and just right. as a creative in general. Um, but yeah, that happens all the time. And I don't, I, and I remember reading some, an article months back where it said like by 2040, if I'm not mistaken, that was the year by 2040, at least like close to 40% of people are going to have like their own, um, startup businesses like they're just gonna be their own boss yeah which makes sense right because i mean a bunch of my friends are trying to see it now i'm opening my own social media agency or or i am doing this podcast like just trying to create their own brand like it's just like i get it we're all in it because we all want to leave happy we got to lead happier lives um that's why you know that's what i'm doing um trying to figure that out because nobody i mean and and i mean nobody is guiding me through this process um, you just kind of have to figure yourself out, ask questions when need be, and make sure that the answers that you're given are helpful. Um, and you keep moving forward until you reach that point that you've always wanted. Right. So how was also talk to me about leaving that first job you had and then going into that male dominated industry, which one was that one? So the first job that I had was in my industry. Um, I was a digital content producer for a local news station up north in Virginia. And then kind of didn't want to be there anymore. I was really tired and fed up. So I left 
And then um, I actually remember that day because I left the day before my birthday. That's when I no. quit. And yeah. And then I woke up the day of my birthday and it was kind of like I saw the sun. Like it was like I saw, I heard birds. It was like, I, I think I heard more. It was like, it was, it was such a relief. And I felt like so released, released from the, um, metaphorically speaking, those chains that I was like in for so long, even though it had only been like five, six months approximately around that time. Did you leave because you weren't doing what you wanted to do? I wasn't doing what I wanted. It's, it's a bit of both, you know, I, I, I felt like I, I, the promises that were made for me that I was able to create original content wasn't met. And um, I just felt like my expectations of the job were just disappointed and the area didn't help either. And the work culture don't even get me started. I mean, that is something that most people, especially young people need to ask right off the bat, how's the work culture? Yeah. Not even like, and if, you know, everyone's always going to promise you, it's great, it's amazing, and that. do your research, talk to whoever you need to talk to within the company that's not obviously hiring, but that's an employee. Um, right. You know, just really be prepared to what you're going to get yourself into because it may seem great, you're excited, which was, that was my, you know, I was in that position where I was like desperate to finally get a job and it had been a year um, since to the date when I finally got my first job because I was already looking many, many months prior to um, my first job. And I had graduated and I remember at my graduation ceremony, my dean was like, 90% of our graduates are already employed. And it's like, what? Am I that 10% that just got kicked out and wasn't yeah. liked? Because wow. a bunch of my friends were also in that same position as me. You know, it was like, this seems like a fake promise. And the disillusionment of, you know, the American dream, which is like, okay, you know, you come from immigrant parents, you're told from a really young age, go to college, get your degree, you're going to get a job, right? That right. wasn't the reality for me, at least not right away. Um, I had applied to jobs from October of 2016. I graduated in May of the following year. And then didn't have anything going on except, you know, the study abroad opportunity, which I was more than okay with. And I just took it and I spent my whole summer overseas came back, still no job opportunities. I mean, I can tell you that I had an Excel sheet and I had applied to more than 50 jobs. And wow. that sounds bad, right? You're Across like, wow, the country? This girl must... Yeah, yeah, I was really open. I wasn't just married to one place. And, um, and you know, it sounds really bad when I put it to you like that, but it's just, that's just how the industry is. It's primarily talent, but then a good part of it is also who you know. Yeah, And who I knew, you know, was, it, it, they could only help so much. And it wasn't really taking me to anywhere that I wanted to be. So finally, I just got desperate and I accepted that, that job. And I give to anyone who's listening to this podcast and decides to um, take me up for my word, in moments of desperation, don't listen to that voice in your head. Just don't. Because it's going to lead you down a path that many, maybe many months, weeks, days, a year later it's going to teach you that you shouldn't have made that decision and you should have just been more patient and i think that's a virtue that i have i've been learning since then <laughs> and it's a virtue that if you have it great hold on to it everything happens within due time but yeah it was exhausting it was really it was an exhausting period of my life and then well i quit that job and then a month later i came back home and to miami um, right yeah. And then it was kind of like me starting back on back to zero because I took a job and my, I'm like, I took my old job in retail and I felt like I had 
kind of lost a battle because I'm like, I am a graduate, you know, I have a degree right? and I'm back in retail. To me, I just didn't see it as a, as a stepping stone moving forward. I just kind of saw myself like moving 10 steps back. Which sometimes um, I must say that taking step back is actually taking like 10 steps forward. But at that moment, like you said, you don't realize it. You know, you're thinking, no. this is, mm. this sucks, but you need that. And that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you need the bad moments to really appreciate the next steps. Yeah, exactly. And no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's funny at the time I didn't really appreciate it because I just hated being in retail. Um, when I was 18, that job was perfectly fine. I was like, okay, yeah, I got the energy. Let's do this. And then it wasn't so bad going back into it. Just, I loved my coworkers, you know, in retail. Right. Um, but obviously I was so exhausted with like the job and having to deal with people and their questions. Um, and they're, and they're trying to haggle you over the prices over things that you cannot change. Um, so that was really funny. But then after shortly after that, I got this job that for me, it was always about stability. At least like in the spirit of my life, I am my own, like, <laughs> um, for a lack of better words, sugar daddy. Like I <laughs> pay my own bills. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much like a full blown adult with the occasional help from my parents here and there. Right. Um, but me being li- living on my own. So you live having- alone in Miami? Yeah. Yeah. How? <laughs> it's, it's, do you know, I, I don't know where to begin, but it, there's no other way for me to do it. I have to, my parents don't live in Miami anymore. Uh. Um, if that was the case, I would be living at home and saving so much money and paying off so much debt, but that's just the life that I'm living right now. And to get the job that I have right now, at least the dream job, I've had to make those sacrifices. And at the time I told my parents, like, look, I would love to live at home, but there's no way that I'm commuting that many hours. And, um, there's nothing for me here. Guys live like as much as you guys are telling me, Oh, you're going to save so much money, this and that. But how is this going to better me for my future? You know? So I just, I, I took that leave of faith and I was working in retail at the time, sleeping, um, on a cousin's couch for about a month or two. And then finally I saved up enough money to get my own place. And, and, um, and ever since then we are here, um, after that, well, during that period, I had gotten this job in this like really male dominated industry, which is like the bar, um, and food industry. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine like, obviously the, the people who are in the administrative side are all men. There was only one woman who was like the office manager and she was like, I think the only voice of reason that I had there because everybody else was like a, a dude. Right. And then the ones that were women were bartenders, but like, again, granted they're like an employee, just like me. So any authority figure wasn't really there except maybe the office manager. But even then she was also treated very shitty. Wow. Um, yeah. Like there was such like the language was disgusting at times. Uh, and also I will never forget it was I mean out of many things that was said to me but I'll never forget this one thing which is that was so rude and disrespectful and undermining um my boss who had hired me um I remember we were having a conversation and I was like well you know I'm a professional you know mm-hmm. and um he's like you're not a professional you're only 23 years old and it's like <laughs> what like it, I'm Let sorry, someone tell me age? that at 23 years old and regardless where yeah, I'm like, working at. Oh my God. I just thought it was so disrespectful. I'm like, excuse me. I don't understand how age has nothing, has anything to do with my profession, my, with my professional behavior and how 
you treat me and how I treat you and just like the work that I do. I, I it was blasphemy. It sounds like it. And I actually want to add something to that. It's, you touch on a really important and passionate topic about me, which is age. Ageism is a thing, not only for old people, because a lot of old people say that it's hard to get a new job and leave after like a certain age. But I think it's also something that it's kind of rare and unspoken is the ageism in young people. And when you're young working in an office where there's it's 90 to 95% twice your age or even more, it's hard to really have an opinion and have a voice because some might not take you seriously. And it's not impossible to get to them, but it, it, it's hard because you have to prove yourself to them. And you might know your shit and they might know that you know your shit, but they still want you to go that extra mile for them. So right now I've been in this job for about four months and there was this one person in particular that I was just not getting to her no matter what I did. And I talked to my boyfriend and he's like, just keep working, just do you and your work is gonna speak louder than your words. And that is the best advice I can give someone that is going through this, regardless if you're young or older, it's just your work is gonna speak volumes, I think. No, yeah, of course. And it's like, well, I mean, once you have the proof that I am valuable, I'm a, I'm a valuable player in this company, no one can take that away from you as much no as you want to say, no, I've done this, I've done that. Like, your work speaks for itself, and that, I, that's constructive, right? Right. Um, but going back to that, you know, bar job that I had, I was, you know, the social media marketing manager. And unfortunately, I can't put that in a resume just because it was so short-lived. Um, the way that, that I was fired was so wrong. Like I could have definitely sued, but I didn't want to go down that road. Um, it just was too much energy and I wasn't going to invest into somebody that honestly was, was beneath me. Right. So I'm like, you know, that's fine. Everything happens for a reason. Um, but I was in a very difficult position because, you know, I just came back from vacation. That was something that I had discussed with my employer way in advance before getting hired. They were okay with it. I come back and it was kind of like, well, you're, you're fired. And wow. just like that, very simple. And it hurt. It definitely did. I was like, wow, like that was a big blow. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I... I cried about it. It's always good to take a day to cry. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I just got back up and went back to my retail job. And then shortly after that, like, I want to say two, three months later after that happened, I got a job working um, in, with, with what I consider to be a, a legend of a journalist. And he's very admirable. He's almost like a mentor. And being able to be his producer and create social media for him is an incredible job but it's definitely a place and now that I'm here and I'm appreciating every moment that I can and every day I feel like I'm such a noob um <laughs> it's okay that once you have that dream job to reconsider if that is still the dream I think and I'm gonna give that advice to anybody like just because you're reconsidering your dream job or just like your dream does not make you ungrateful I want to make that very clear because I just am so tired of people who may think that just because I'm saying this, it's like, oh, well, you know, anybody would die to have what you have. And it's true. I'm, I'm very sure of it. 
Um, but you also have to consider your own happiness and really look within and just ask yourself, like, is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? Or is this a space? Is this a, you know, a company, whatever that may be that you picture yourself for the rest of your life. And if the answer is a no, then that's fine. That's truly okay. And then just go back to where, you know, your passions are. Like if you're a creative person that you want to express yourself to people, for example, in ways, in many different ways, not just one way. I think um, certain industries, for example, like being a journalist can really pigeonhole you into, oh, well, you are just this thing. You are just a journalist. You are just a lawyer. You are just a doctor. I, I imagine to me that's very unrealistic because as human beings are so multifaceted, like you can meet somebody, for example, um, when I'm this favorite poet of mine, he studied engineering, but then ended up becoming a famous poet. Wow. Nothing to do with engineering, <laughs> but it ended up becoming a famous poet and, um, has an engineering background, right? He still considers himself an engineer and that's totally fine. Definitely. You got the degree and you studied it, but I just, that's something that I feel like, we need to let go of and just accept that as human beings we are more than just one thing and whatever it is that you want to make make a reality in this lifetime do it because at one point you're gonna reach the point of oh it's too late mm -hmm. and you're gonna regret not being able to live that reality super powerful barbara literally all these things that you've been saying our powerful things for our listeners, because I think someone that questions while in their, they're in their dream job and they, they feel guilty questioning it because sometimes when your morals, when your base foundation gets shaken up by this quote unquote dream job, then you start questioning it. And then you might feel that you in a way failed because you didn't choose wisely. But I think everybody needs to understand that everything in your life, as Ricky said in our previous episode, happens for you, not to you. Meaning a lot of things happen for a reason. So, you know, it's okay. And this is, this is the reason why I'm doing this show because there's no straight path to doing anything. There's so many different routes. And if you're in one route, question it and choose another one. Like, Life is full of options and choices. And I think it's up to us to make the wise decisions. And if we didn't, for some reason, just make another one. Just move past it once you realize you made the wrong choice. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, okay. Barbara, from this journey, what road sign or tool do you wish you had seen or had that maybe could have helped you pave your road a little bit better? Mm. Well, if I had a magic crystal ball and I could see into the future, I wish that would, uh, that would help. <laughs> if you find that, let me know, please. And I'm going to get know, one too. Really... Yes. And I'll definitely put it on Amazon prime. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, I really, I don't, I, I don't know if I can answer that question because I mean, like, again, there's nothing that I, I don't think if I, if I would have changed the way things would have happened, I don't think it'd be where I am today. Mm -hmm. so yeah kind of sucks that I went through those things I wish I didn't have to had to have gone through those things um but you just have to let that go I mean what happened in the past happened in the past it's in the past for a reason um 
you just have to live in the present. So what is one directional sign you'd leave behind for those getting ready to embark on a journey like yours? At least like right now in this season of my life, because I think this question always will change for me. But right now in the season of my life, I'm really focusing on allowing people to, you know, see your magic in this world. Because I don't, you know, I hide the magic that you already have within and just have the rest of the world see it. Um, I guess also quoting like William Shakespeare, the world is your stage. So people are ready to watch you have to give into this world. Um, and yeah, like don't hide your, don't hide your magic. I, I would say that don't hide it. I love it. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for being alive against the current. And we are super excited to share your story with others. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to talk. And, uh, I hope that this episode serves a purpose and the intention is pure and, and, and I'm, I'm always here to serve. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Life Against the Current. We're here to encourage and support anyone that takes on a non-traditional life path because we know the struggles that come with it. Want to share your unconventional story with others? Send us a message or email via our Instagram at Life Against the Current. Don't forget to subscribe to our show because we have some really awesome stories coming your way. See you in two weeks.